For RCR-TV, I'm Sean Kinney, and welcome to HetNet Happenings, where we take a look at all things DAS, Wi-Fi, small cell, and much, much more. Comscope. Thinking beyond today's technology to help you make the best decision for your network and your business. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. Welcome back to HetNet Happenings. Our show this week is brought to you by our friends at Comscope. And we've got a good one for you this week. My colleague Martha DeGrasse, an editor here at RCR who specializes in the HetNet ecosystem, including DAS, Wi-Fi, small cell, and the other topics we discuss here on the show, had the opportunity to speak with Dr. Boris Golubovich, who's the director of product at TE Connectivity. They talked a lot about CIPRI interface technology and also its applications to digital DAS deployments. In this first clip, Dr. Golubovich is going to give us some background on CIPRI and talk a little bit about how it figures into DAS. Let's take a look. I'm Martha DeGrasse for RCR Wireless News, and I'm here with Boris Golubovich. He is Director of Product Management for TE Connectivity. Boris made time to come by the Austin studios of RCR on his way back to the Bay Area. Boris, thanks very much for making the My time My pleasure. Today. Thank you for inviting me. We're glad you could make it. Now, we hear a lot these days about CIPRI, Common Public Radio Interface, and TE Connectivity has really been at the forefront of making this part of distributed antenna systems. So I'd like to start with a little bit of an explanation and definition. First of all, what is CIPRI? CIPRI is an interface that has been around for a number of years to connect uh, baseband processing units, or PBUs, from various OEMs to their remote radio heads. And uh, we have taken that approach to use it now for DAS systems and remote radio heads. Now they are multi-operator, multi-band, multi-radio technology capable. And with that, we have really mimicked something that has been done for the core network, and we have taken it closer to the end user in, for example, public venues or outdoor DAS applications. And we think that AT&T is the operator that has been the most vocal about supporting this. So can you just um, give us a few of the reasons in your mind that, that AT&T has really jumped behind the CIPRI interface? Uh, AT&T is interested in CIPRI and uh, operators in general see the value in that because at the end, it really boils down to, to improve total cost of ownership. And uh, CIPRI, as I said, the technology was around for a number of years, the application is fresh. And in this application, it removes a number of pieces of hardware. So reducing the cost to reduce number of pieces of hardware, that hardware takes space. So it takes less footprint, fewer costs associated with rent. And then finally, the hardware that is used to connect traditional DAS systems with the radio head and the DAS system is very power consuming because it's really used to reduce the power that comes out of a radio head and dump it into the air. And as such, it adds additional cost associated with cooling. So there's multiple avenues that come with simply the installation and a total cost of ownership associated with running that installation. But there's also much more commonality that comes with the installing this equipment that is now very much like a radio head that people are familiar with. Okay, so less power, less hardware. Specifically, what are some of the hardware elements that are eliminated versus a traditional DAS? Not to be too technical, but it's fundamentally a traditional DAS is taking a radio head that is used to power an outdoor antenna, so tens of watts or more, that uh, generates a lot of RF power. That is way too much RF power to put into a system 
uh, that uh, is used to drive, a, uh, drive an indoor DAS. That power is, uh, needs to be dropped or combined in a way to be useful for use in a DAS system. That hardware becomes unnecessary and all the associated costs with operating that hardware go away. So it's a really a win for the operators. It's uh, something that uh, they see very quickly and that's why we're seeing such a lot of, uh, such a high degree of interest. All right, Boris, thank you very much. In that clip, you heard Dr. Golubovich talk a little bit about how DAS needs to support multiple carriers operating on multiple bands. Obviously, that has some repercussions in the type of technology that's deployed there in the field. So in this next segment, Martha and Dr. Golubovich are going to explore a little bit more how a more complicated deployment figures into CIPRI and also the CAPEX and OPEX implications. Let's hear that segment. I'm Martha DeGrasse, and we're back with Boris Golubovich of TE Connectivity. We're talking about the digital DAS solution. Boris, I'd like to learn a little bit more about the installation, the infrastructure involved. I know that um, there's always a lot of, of fiber for any type of DAS installation, and particularly maybe with a digital DAS solution? Uh, fundamentally, fiber is really proportional to how much data people need to transport to the radio head. So the more sophisticated uh, the remote radio head becomes, the generally uh, it can carry more information from the fiber to the air interface. And uh, in our case, that is a multi-band, multi-operator, multi-multi uh, radio head, and as such, it obviously needs to provide that information. But fundamentally, the digital aspect of it is not a downside. It's actually an upside from a technological point of view because it taps in a lot of the building blocks that people commonly use for uh, terrestrial fiber uh, transport. And as that technology advances, we can really upgrade our gear to adopt new technologies. So fundamentally, because of that similarity in the transport, it actually provides a more seamless path of the uh, integration to advances in technologies that come from standard telecom networks. So multi-band, multi-operator, but obviously with, it would always start with probably one operator. So is the operator more likely to use all the bands or to try to bring in other operators? So simplicity is always comes when you deal only with yourself. However, having more operator from the get-go cuts down the cost from the get-go. So it's uh, a little bit of a choice. Uh, some choose to start by themselves, but generally, if the equipment will be used by multiple operators, uh, more than one are there at the very beginning and some joining later. Generally, I would say it comes only from the fact that it's harder to coordinate multiple parties than fewer parties. Uh, but the economics of a shared infrastructure a piece of equipment really comes from having more parties on it. Generally for our gear that is used in a uh, remote radio head or a small cell application, uh, it, would benefit, it would be used from multiple bands starting from day zero or day one and uh, multiple radio technologies if applicable. So many operators still run 3G and 4G networks, so both of those can run concurrently uh, on our equipment alongside multiple bands uh, that an operator might own. Okay, now you mentioned small cells. Do you have deployments here that are supporting small cells? So we have deployments that are used in applications that people would associate as small cells. And uh, it would be a single operator using all their spectral assets in a single enclosure. So that is our prism, FlexWift prism 
product line is geared towards that. For example, an urban area where an operator has four, for example, bands and they want to run them all in MIMO, they would be very well advised to use a PRISM remote radio head in this type of application. And from a market aspect, that would be a small cell application that would be used with a OEM's BBU. An OEM, but it has to be Alcatel-Lucent, right? Alcatel-Lucent is, is our partner in the CIPRI interface. However, you can still use uh, our equipment through a traditional RF interface, and some in some markets uh, we do that as well. There's no reason why not using analog interface from a technical, functional point of view, but from a financial point of view, from a total cost of ownership point of view, it's uh, beneficial to use a CIPRI interface for the reasons of reducing the cost of equipment, operating space, uh, and such. Now, TE Connectivity has done a lot of the research and development work associated with CIPRI in collaboration with Alcatel-Lucent, a major equipment manufacturer headquartered in France. In this next clip, Dr. Golubovich and Martha are going to discuss that collaboration between the two companies, as well as how TE Connectivity was able to add CIPRI to an Alcatel-Lucent baseband processor. Let's take a look. We're back with Boris Golubovich of TE Connectivity, and we're talking about CIPRI and digital DAS. Boris, so far Alcatel-Lucent is the one original equipment maker that has opened up the CIPRI interface to you. Can you just give us a little bit of information about your history working with that company? We have a very close collaboration on various technology aspects with Alcatel-Lucent. And one of them is the CIPRI interface where we got together and developed a way of connecting an Alcatel-Lucent baseband unit with our DAS system. And uh, these are very close engineering uh, activities between our team and the Alcatel-Lucent team. And uh, it takes some time, but uh, it is a great experience and we are very excited seeing it uh, come together and being received in the market as it's being received with such uh, positive uh, accolades. And what do you think motivated Alcatel-Lucent to sort of give you the keys to the kingdom like that? Well, it's a uh, a logical extension of uh, taking a single band radio head and providing an operator with a choice in certain application to use a multi-band and multi-radio technology uh, offering. And uh, we are really here to make our customers successful and uh, as such this was a win-win situation across the board. Do you think others may follow? I can't speak for others but uh, uh, we, we are hope. very happy that uh, we have gotten uh, start uh, with Alcatel-Lucent and uh, we were the first one to introduce it in the market. Great. And uh, do, you see, do you see your competitors uh, moving in this direction, trying to follow what you're doing? Uh, good ideas get often uh, copied, so I would not be surprised to do so. But for us, this is only the beginning. We look at our collaboration with Alcatel-Lucent and the fact that we have a CIPRI interface at the beginning of a road of using DAS systems as part of the uh, HetNet environment, uh, as an opening to using DAS as an integral part of the core network uh, for uh, distributing radio signals, and uh, that the next opportunities will come from the CRAN type of applications that uh, are evolving, and uh, we don't really know exactly uh, to what end, but uh, having this all digital connection all the way from the core network to the radio 
is really an enabling part. Okay, well that was going to be one of my next questions was about your outlook for, for CRAN. So do you have anything more to share about that? I, I think uh, there's two things to it. There's one, having a digital interface all the way to the Radiohead opens up a seamless communication and control path throughout the network. So there's many possibilities that one can take from there. There will be initially probably small steps that uh, are probably going to be less exciting from a purely technological point of view, but uh, it's the beginning of a development path that will address multiple problems in operating the network. And I think fundamentally speaking, it's all about reducing the total cost of ownership from a operating complexity of the network and uh, having that become one network, one sort of big cloud uh, will be the future. And we have seen some of that in, again, in sort of the terrestrial networks, the IP networks, and we will see similarities being applied to the radio network. All right. Thank you, Boris. In this final segment, Dr. Golubovich and Martha are going to discuss a little bit about centralized head-ins. And so this is a really important trend in the HetNet space right now. As networks continue to densify, it's really important to be mindful of the physical real estate that you're occupying. As we mentioned earlier, there's a lot of CapEx and OpEx implications of centralizing hardware. Let's hear a little bit more from Dr. Golubovich on that. We're back with Boris Golubovich. He is Director of Product Management at TE Connectivity. Boris, we think that operators are looking more and more at the centralized head-end as they explore ways to bring connectivity to large venues and even to entire cities. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're seeing? Yes, uh, that's a really uh, interesting point. Is this both of those places have a limitation to space. Uh, big venues and central head-ends that are placed in big venues are often challenged by size. And in cities, that's similarly the case. Uh, real estate is expensive. You take uh, every major city, the space where you can put equipment is highly restricted. Well, one of the good things in cities is that the central office is becoming depopulated as quote-unquote classic telco equipment is becoming smaller. Some of that space can be repurposed for wireless. So that's great opportunity. And using that space with equipment that is qualified for use in that space is key. So for that purpose, head-end equipment, like the host units that come for the Prism FlexWave platform, need to be central office compliant. And for that, we developed a NEPS3 compliant host unit. So that opens up that the equipment can populate that space. So you have two elements. You've got the central office that becomes available for small cell or DAS applications. And uh, you have the compact, multiband, multi-operator radio heads that can be placed around cities. So now the standard central office is available, the compact outdoor units are available, and the fiber plant can be reused that may be available from operators that has been deployed over the years. So finally, you ask, what happens in the future? So the good thing is central office gear is becoming smaller, but as DAS or small cell gear uh, follows the same technological curve, that gear also can become smaller and uh, provide same performance in a smaller footprint. So as bandwidth usage out in the outside plant in the small cell application increases, central offices are likely to stay the right size for some years to come. Okay, so the equipment's getting smaller, but what about the amount of fiber needed? Is that going up or staying the same? So, excellent question. 
even there, technology is our friend. Is uh, speeds per wavelength do increase over the years, and you know we went from less than one gigabit per second to 40 gigabit per second per uh, wavelength. That technology can be reused in our digital DAS system for use in our multi-band small cell applications. So clearly uh, there's a risk that uh, fiber is uh, never enough, but currently I would say that uh, the increase in uh, data rates available in the equipment uh, will carry us for some time after the first installation. When you talk to operators, do you sense uh, a strong interest in, in where the fiber is, how much fiber is available, all that? So. In our business, we have the wireless business unit that I'm responsible for. I have counterparts in the, we call it in the fiber part of the business. There is a lot of synergy between our groups and there we look at very creative ways to reusing and multipurposing the existing fiber plant for use with DAS small cell applications alongside with uh, fiber optic data applications. And uh, there's been a lot of fiber that has been deployed to fiber to the home applications, particularly in some parts of the US and outside the US. That fiber with some clever technical choices can be repurposed to use for uh, small cell applications like the ones with our PRISM remote radios. Okay, so without going into too much detail, what are some of these clever choices and creative solutions? Well, sometimes they're not th that sophisticated, but they involve in using multiple wavelengths and uh, reappropriating some of the wavelengths to be used for DAS applications and adding new wavelengths to be used for DAS applications. Sometimes you need to work around certain places in, in the distribution infrastructure that you have the right routing of those uh, assets. But it's uh, really technology that is available today, just uh, putting it together in a, a usage-appropriate manner. Excellent. Boris Golubovich, Director of Product Management at TE Connectivity. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. All right. That was my colleague Martha DeGrasse and Dr. Boris Golubovich from TE Connectivity. Uh, I hope that our viewers certainly feel a little more uh, informed about CIPRI and its applications in digital DAS. I know I certainly do. And I'd like to thank Martha and Boris for taking the time to do that interview. And I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Comscope. If I could put in a few plugs here at the end to uh, keep up with me, Martha, and the rest of the RCR Wireless News editorial team, you can check out rcrwireless.com. And if you'd like daily telecom, IT, and ICT news delivered straight to your email inbox, I'd encourage you to ch sign up for our daily e-news blast. For lots of multimedia content, as well as archived issues of this show and all of the other RCR TV productions, you can check out the RCR TV page or the RCR Wireless News YouTube channel. And you know, we just recently had the grand opening of our studio here in East Austin, and we had a, a great musical guest come in to provide some entertainment. Her name's Emily Wolf. She's a real talented musician, singer, songwriter. And we're going to send the show off today with some of her work. So let's hear from Emily Wolf. Well, I can't be LA, and I can't be New York, but I, I can't be your I can't be LA, that can't be New York, but I, that can't be your voice. HetNet Happenings is a production of RCR TV. To reach Sean Kinney or to suggest a show topic for HetNet Happenings, you can reach Sean at skinney at rcrwireless.com. On Twitter at Sean Kinney RCR. To find out more about the latest in HetNet and all things wireless, dig into rcrwireless.com.